This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. We're back and ready to get started with season two, so let's do this. We saw the movie Life Itself. Yes. And it had a lot of good themes in regards to family and how generations can be impacted by the actions of their parents. And that led me to an interesting question. Yes. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything you can think of in your life that you feel like maybe you've done or even maybe something that grandma has done that you feel like has had ripple effects throughout our family. Well, obviously, keeping Danae and not putting her for adoption is, is a huge Sure. Thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that Definitely. goes without saying, right? Um, I was thinking maybe something a little smaller that you didn't expect to have, you know, sort of. Well, I mean, uh, I think effects. the whole problem is if you think about the weight of generation choices you make for generations, you'd never make any choices. So with that said, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything particular. Obviously, the typical things like where we live and our education, financial planning, those kind of things, duh. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. I, I do sometimes think about like how moving to Woodland affected us true and which i have said pretty, that it, it it made a big difference yeah and things a yeah. lot of things which is really interesting because i i mean obviously as a 14 year old kid i wasn't thinking about that right i didn't think about the way that it would change my life yeah but there it is it's really interesting well and for me i think even moving back after we left woodland like I feel like that had a big impact on me and some on some level. In what way? Um, probably mostly church related and work related for me. Like I probably, I think if we lived in Woodland, I'd probably still be working um, in the field I was working in, having my own business. And I feel like there's a possibility that I'd still be active in church. But I don't, I mean, maybe that's, that's hindsight. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, I guess when we think about things like this, a lot of it's probably going to be church related just because church has the ability to impact so much of your life, Mm -hmm. especially a church like a Mormon church, LDS church, because it touches every part of your life. You're yeah, I mean, my, my life coach and I were just kind of talking about that, like just the idea that, because she was just asking me about goals and focus, and I had the realization that when I was active in church, like pretty much my goals and focus were laid right out there for me, right? Like there's always more you could be doing um, in, a, in a gospel-centric life, I guess is the best way to say that. And... Yeah. Now that that isn't necessary, not that I want to lose my spirituality, but that idea of how do I maintain my spirituality, but yet I'm not um, 
as active in church where that is my sole focus and everything's not necessarily laid out for me as far as the volunteer work you do with church, uh, you're focused on missionary work or um, things that you need to do to improve. There's always something that you're not doing, basically. Um <laughs> In a good so, way or a bad way. I mean, yeah, both, both, I guess, depending on your perspective at the time that you're feeling the weight of those things. But so now it's like, where do I go? And she was kind of like, well, it's good. You get, you are in charge. You get to decide, which I was in charge before, but in a different way. And um, yeah, I think for me, because I haven't really looked at my reasoning or whatever, how I feel about church in general, because I haven't been ready to, but it, it isn't. It doesn't necessarily feel like a super exciting thing. It feels a little overwhelming and scary to feel like, where do I go now and what do I decide and how do I maintain some of the things I want? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I, there's that word. We, oh, yeah, I'm not allowed <laughs> to use that word. Um, I mean, we were active for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's couple of decades Mm -hmm. so that's hard to untangle from your not just from your life but from your mind from your thought processes Mm -hmm. I think I was only active 18 years you know more or less probably even a little less yeah because not when I was super young so it was easier for me to step away when I did especially as a teenager. As a teenager, because I was already going through the changes of I'm living on my own and like I'm enjoying all of my parents. And I was already going through that mindset of this is so freeing. So it was just another thing. It was easier for me to comprehend uh, than I'm sure it is for you. Yeah. Going through this, you know, as a fully fledged adult. Yeah. I And it's hard because I don't really have negative feelings for the church, I just there there are a lot of things that I would probably say I'm I'm unhappy about, but so it's hard to kind of speak out about how I feel now without feeling like I'm bashing the church, which is something I don't really want to do. Agreed. And it's a very fine line to walk, but like like you mentioned, freedom, like not going to church or not being a part of that particular religion, which I'm sure there are other religions that are the same way, but does feel very freeing because it is so, um, because of the way that the whole church is run by volunteer work from its members and the service work that you do and the organizations that are run by us, um, it, it frees up your time and it does that. And and yet you're, you're kind of taught that having freedom is a negative when you go to church like that can only lead to bad things idle hands and whatnot there's just a whole lot of different uh things that are taught in regards to that so it's like you feel great about having freedom but then you feel guilty or like you're scared afraid of it like what what path is this going to lead me down that maybe i don't i don't know like there it, it it is balancing that idea that this feels relief to have freedom and be able to look at life in a different way but then you also have guilt and stress and all these things that were put into you for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated for sure. 
Um, I don't know. I wasn't really expecting us to go down this road, but I feel yeah, like it's probably either. a good thing that we are because I feel like if we planned it, we never would. And yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of just unpacking little bits at a time, I guess. I think that there's a lot that I want to say. I've written some things about how I feel about it that I um, haven't fully addressed, and I have some other ideas of what I want to do to add to it. Maybe some of that can end up on a blog post. Yeah, or no, it, it definitely will. Um, um, <clears throat> I almost feel like it's harder to be in our shoes than to be firmly in one camp or another. Because I think you and I both feel the same way in regards to... Um, we we don't have animosity towards the church as an organization. There's parts of it that still ring so true for us. And we didn't leave the church because of hatred of the church or hatred of the messages that they have to share. <clears throat> and it's almost harder to feel that way because you are so in this gray area. You know, if we hated the church, it would be easier to deal with the the repercussions of the action of not going. Right. Versus that's not how we feel. But there I have thoughts on that too because if you if you have if you get to a space where you feel like I'm not sure this is what I want anymore or I see some things that I'm unhappy with. Um, political things or whatever, right? If you if you're in that point, it it is so hard to kind of separate yourself from it for various reasons that I pro- I won't get into. But it is it is hard to separate yourself from it. So there is a lot of what I think happens, which I think I very easily could have fallen into this, is that you you stay because it's hard to separate you when when you're unhappy with one aspect. And then you stay so long that you hate everything. Mm-hmm. You hate the people. You hate the doctrine. You hate. And, and so I think a lot of people leave at that point because mm-hmm. it's so hard to separate. It's almost like that's what they have to get to in order to mm-hmm. not feel the way I was describing about the freedom. Like to, mm-hmm. in order to separate themselves too from that, that feeling of guilt or whatever that's kind of been taught to you essentially that I mean I felt there was a point where I I even said to a leader like I need to not have this um, responsibility at church because I'm going to get to a point where I resent it like I knew that I would get to a point where I would just hate it and resent it and Mm -hmm. I was just like I have to not do that and kind of figure out how I feel but I think it's not that easy they it's very difficult especially if you're doing that even that situation wasn't easy for you right like right they made it so complicated well, it's just if you're handling that responsibility well, it doesn't make sense to someone to say, I'm unhappy with this and I need to back away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are encouraging you to stick with it and try to d- work through it, which is, you know, maybe for some people that works. But like I could tell that I was at that point where if I stick with it at your request, I'm going to end up hating it. And then it's going to be bad for everyone. It's right. going to affect everyone. And so I think that's what happens with a lot of people is my point is that it would be real easy to get to that where Uh you see a flaw that you don't like and for it to fester under your skin and become just so negative and, and, and breed um, lots of horrible feelings towards the church and the people in it that, you know, I think some teenagers, I mean, you probably even know some teenagers that, left the church with that kind of idea. Like they were so frustrated with how their parents treated them because of the gospel or, or gospel teachings that they didn't like. And then they just hated the church. 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know adult people who are like, oh, I left the church when I was younger because the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it it's a lot to think about and a lot to kind of figure out where you stand. And you're kind of put into an awkward place, I think, too, when you're a member of the church and you leave is that if you... The, the teachings of the Mormon church, a lot of them are so different from other churches that it makes it hard to go out and embrace another church because you're like, well, this, I believe a lot, uh, several of those things. And now this is totally contrary to that. And how do I reconcile that? So it's almost like not only do you separate from a church, but then you're kind of left with no, no options as far as mm-hmm. going to another church. Yeah. Which I know is probably hard for someone who's not in the church to understand how you could be like, well, or even someone in the church who's like, how could you leave if you believe in this doctrine? But I mean, that is the question, right? Like that's, that's exactly why we're in this odd predicament of like being in the middle. It's, I struggle with that a lot when I was, I don't know, early twenties. Mm-hmm. Like it was, people would ask me, you know, do you ever see yourself going back to the church? And I would just like cry. Cause that's, it was just too much of a loaded question. I couldn't like unpack my feelings about it. It's so complicated and how, I mean, I don't think we can explain it in a podcast either, but like. Right. And people that are still active that love you are like, I don't understand. They, I know they know that this part of it's true. So how could they walk away? And it's like, it is that predicament of saying, I can't explain to you without sounding like I'm bashing the church, but something for me isn't sitting right right now. And, but it's, and it's not about the doctrine. For for a lot of it. For for most of it. For yeah. a lot. I mean, I think that in general, yes. The the expression that I always come back to, which might not sit well with some people, but it it was sort of how I could reconcile my feelings was the church is true, but the people aren't. And a lot of what goes wrong with the church has to do with the fact that it is a people run organization and people are fallible and yeah, it becomes toxic. I just don't think there's another word for it. it, it yeah, when I you mean, have that many people in one room and uh, try as hard as the church tries not to push some sort of seemingly homophobic or whatever agenda, the people that are going might have those same ideas or same th- thoughts. They might feel that way. Well, they might want to take I don't, one or I don't two steps further. I don't know if the church tries all that hard not to have a homophobic, but that's a uh, maybe, maybe topic harder, for another day. Maybe harder than other churches try. Uh, maybe. I mean, you could you could point to certain things and say that, and sometimes it feels uh, if you. But if when you point to those things, they almost feel very hollow, and like it going does through the, going through the motions, like you know, this is grasping the, at straws at a certain point. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because obviously it matters to the millions of people who attend church. But uh, it's challenging. The reason that I left was very much to do with the people. I mean, that's I had problems with people in church for a really long time. Right. And for me, there it would be so much easier if I could say, here's the reason why I'm unhappy with this. It was so much more, it is so much more complicated than that. And so many reasons and 
feelings that I have and yeah it it's rough and and from the background that I have and from the things that I do know like it's 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 really hard to come to terms with that decision and those feelings on because of the things you're taught about what happens when you leave the church about the things you're taught about uh, freedom like I said the things you're taught about the the world and the you know embracing the world versus embracing there's just so many teachings that make you so fearful to leave like or what's going to happen and and so that is is something that's even hard that's hard to deal with too like you're you're kind of like standing waiting for everything to fall apart because that's pretty much what you're taught to believe that it will that yeah bad things are going to happen to you because you aren't praying enough or you're yeah and so I don't know. It's a little overwhelming, and that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't know if I can even deal with or put to words how I feel. So it's so much, so much to unpack. So so much. It's a heavy, heavy suitcase full of stuff. Yeah, but that is one of the things that I would say also changed your life is us going going back to church. Oh, definitely. I mean, for better for worse. Yeah. In a lot of ways, probably both good things and bad things. I mean, um, being a part of a religion, especially one that does touch every aspect of your life, uh, definitely meant that I had a different mindset growing up than a lot of people that I knew. And it definitely means even now that most, like most people that I meet in San Francisco and at work, whatever, uh, do not understand when I try and explain to them what I did for fun when I was a teenager and how much fun I had. Like people feel like I'm faking it, but like, again, for better or for worse in the way that religion was involved in my life, I had so much fun at all the, you know, adult, young adults activities and the dances. And like, it seems so cheesy, but like, I wouldn't trade that for anything else. I had so much fun. I was just talking about that actually the last time I saw her like because even though she didn't go to church she came with me to yeah all of the activities and she says like trying to explain this to people like I I can't but it was so much fun like literally the definition of good clean fun like it's just it's yeah, yeah such a good time I mean yeah like that was I wouldn't trade those memories for anything else well and I would say when we took Becca to BYU you know I was just talking to someone else about this about college orientation like they immediately separate the kids from the parents. Not immediately. Like you have a meeting all together. That sounds like so cultish or you something. You walk in and they just rip the kids away from you. <laughs> no, this is not trying to cross the border. And <laughs> Good one. That was really good, Mom. That was really good. If you edit that out, I'm going to kill you. That was so good. Zingers today. Coming in hot. We had to lighten it up a little bit. We were getting real serious. There was no laughs for a long time. That was really good. <laughs> so anyways, they um, you have a meeting with the kids and the parents, and they talk about all the activities, and, and then, and then you, you're separated. The kids go, and they, I mean, 
you could just, it was just, you could tell they were going to have fun. Like there was skits going on. There was a band playing music. They had a dance later. They were doing food. Like dad and I were like, we want to stay with that group. Like, you know, it was just, um, and it, it left us with a really good feeling to like drop your daughter. Cause they don't do it like a separate day. It's like the day you drop them off for school is the day you drop, you go to orientation with them. And, mm-hmm. um, at least that's my recollection. Yeah. Cause we moved her into the dorm the next day. But it, it was so easy to, like, drop her off at college, basically. I mean, it's easy for me because that's who I am. But it was easy. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still <laughs> cried. Um, but just, like, you could just tell she was going to have so much fun. And just, like, this, it, it felt so, like, comforting to know that she was going to have fun and it was going to fit with her personality. and Yeah. Um, Especially when you're raising that because then – the, the, the childhood and the teenage years that you've had, the same kind of activities and stuff carry over. It's like right. there's no culture shock. It's right. smooth. I think, but I, I mean, I, I, I guess there are some, but there are, I think it would have been fun for anybody. Like, you know, anyways. Unless you are a big fan of just drinking. I mean, that's, right. that can, that can be hard. There's, there's yeah. none of that on BYU. But, yeah, well, I mean, like, don't say there's okay, none of that. That's it's true. There. There's, you there's can find some everywhere you want at BYU, um, but it's you have to look a lot harder than any other college. I feel like most mm, most maybe, colleges, not any know. other, most colleges. Um, it it's just the culture of it. Alcohol is not a part of it, whereas most colleges, alcohol is a part of the culture. That's that is big. an excellent way of putting it for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I this I. I was just talking to one of my employees the other day, too, just about, like, being a teenager. What did you do for fun, like, growing up? Oh, they were telling me some story, like, oh, yeah, you know, I did this and this and this. And I was like, yeah, I was definitely not. I can't I can't relate to that as a teenager. Like, I, I remember playing... I remember playing tackle spoons at the park late at night. Like, that's what I was doing when I was out late at night. I was... Until you got games. super into boys. But, I mean, that happened so late. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't really hit until, like, 17. Yeah, late 16, 17. Yeah, like, when it, like, became, like, an actual problem. Right. You know, before, it was just, I was just, I was always a little boy crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same. Same. It wasn't the same. Yeah. You know, I, I liked, I wanted to know who liked me and who I liked and who everybody was going to be dating and blah, 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 blah. But not in the same this is actually going to be a problem until I was yeah. older and stopped dating Mormon boys. That's when it really became a, right. well, I mean, there were a few of them. <laughs> Some of those Mormon boys were bad influences on me, despite what they think, or despite the story that they have spun afterwards to make it seem like I was the bad girl. It's definitely the other way around. Yeah. You know, and then if you think about choices in the church, like, I don't know. I mean, Becca met her husband at BYU and I now have a grandson. So and she's obviously very happy. Right. Which is another thing that's hard to explain to people. Like, I think people have this idea, maybe not people all over, but San Francisco for sure, where the culture is very much like, you don't even think about getting married until you're in your 30s. So like trying to explain to my San Francisco friends, like, oh yeah, my younger sister is married with a kid. She's young. She got married young. They have the assumption in their head of she's not happy. Or like she got pregnant and got married because she got pregnant. And it's like, I have to explain, like, that's not the case. Like my sister is... I can vouch for very happy with her husband. I think that they're in love. I mean, right. you know, and 
Samuel is a child born of love, not like this, oh, oops, we made a mistake and now we have to deal with the consequences. Like he's, you know, going to be raised in a very loving household. There's, there's not that cliche, toxic, like got married young and now I'm, my life is full of mistakes thing. Right. But even the idea of being religious, it, it seems like, how could you be happy with that? You know, like in the end, like they, I think people find it hard to believe that you yeah. could be religious and be happy. It's becoming less and less popular, I feel like, to uh, be, hmm, to be religious. I don't know. Religion's dying out. I want to, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I think that's probably just because you're from San Francisco. I don't think that's Maybe, true. Maybe, yeah. I, I forget that I live in this pocket. In this, this little bubble. Yeah, this the whole... Even know. even coming out here, you know, it's we're only an hour, two hours away from San Francisco, and it's still so different, even though it's so close. We went out with one of my friends the other night uh, just to have dinner and drinks and, like, reconnect, and... Uh, I don't know the politically correct. It's just very suburban, but it's. uh, I was gonna say very, like, country. Like, I felt like I was out in the boonies. (laughs) But anyways, I I forgot that I live in this nice this bubble where everyone has a really similar mindset, and I mean. I don't, I don't want to say like hippy dippy type stuff because I totally buy into it, but like just do what feels good and be safe, help others. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's, right. it's just, it's so in, in, in intertwined in the culture of San Francisco. But then, I mean, I guess there's the whole other side of San Francisco of how do we have, how, how do we have that mindset of help others and be good and have one of the largest homeless problems in the country, you know, it's like, it's, it's getting right. to the point you where it's, it's a very clear line divided down the middle. There's like the business side of San Francisco and there's the San Franciscans who are very much. Right. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think the same kind of, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting because the, the way you describe like the bubble that you live in in San Francisco is kind of the same way that being in the bubble of religion is like you just are so surrounded with people that think similarly totally true your beliefs are never challenged right i'm trying to get better about that personally too i'm i'm constantly reminding myself that i need to be able to have a conversation with someone that may not believe exactly the same things i do and right. not feel like i'm going to lose my shit because just because of the way the climate is right now, it's been so easy for that to just be a button, like a, yeah. just a hot button for me. Like you, like I just, I can't, I can't comprehend like if someone's like, I'm trying to think of a good example just to show like how easy it is to piss me off these days. But like, even if you just say something as simple as like, we need to control immigration. Yeah. Like, on its own, not a controversial topic, but because I'm going to make the connection that you are okay with separating families at the border and these kids being in detention camps, like it's it's a hot. I'm like, you're a racist, you know. I'm, I, right. I I don't want to become that cliche liberal that is so easily offended that you can't even have a conversation with them. Right. And then cool. plus the trolls, it's so easy for a troll to like piss me off, and right. I don't want that either. So I'm. 
over these last few weeks, I have been practicing being a lot better about having open discussions with people that might be on the other side of the aisle, even from anywhere from a little bit to a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm ultimately, of course, my goal is perhaps I can provide them with information or education that might change their views as well. No one's going to change mine because I absolutely consider myself on the moral high ground in most things. And I know that that, that's that's, what the problem is. (laughs) Definitely. But I mean, like, I guess I've been presented with enough challenges or had enough people challenge my views and heard enough other sides that I know there's nothing you can say that's going to convince me. I went, I remember being in college and in my sociology classes, getting in these debates with people and that definitely influenced where I have arrived now. But um, I think that I'm done. Yeah, having my views challenged and changed and I will listen to what you have to say uh, and keep a level head because yeah. it's rude of me not to. Well, I think what you need to remember but is like there are a lot say. of people like for me, for me, for example, like the education I received was definitely limited in the stories that were told in my classes. And, and then if you go to after that, if you go to media, right, like it slants the story. So let's, since we brought up immigration, like the idea is perpetuated that becoming a legal citizen is just like a simple thing. You right? just walk in and sign just the papers. Just walk in and, and sign your papers. You go to your classes. And, and you're you, good. You have your meeting where you pledge allegiance to the flag and the rest is history. You're, yeah. you're an American citizen. doesn't really work like that. And it doesn't work like that. And I think 100% that's part of the problem, right? Like, we are taught to believe that it's a simple thing and why aren't you doing it legally? We don't... uh, I was never taught about how asylum seekers, how there's, like, a law that, you know, we take in certain asylum seekers. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is never... that An asylum seeker is different than... um, other kinds of immigrants, like there's Mm -hmm. all these different things that is all just skimmed over. And, and unless you choose to, you can stay ignorant about that forever. So when someone says that, you know, we have an immigration problem, which 100%, we have ignored our immigration system for years, just like many of the other systems in America, the education system I mean I could make lists but so it does the the immigration system does need to be fixed that is you know I think even if a liberal understood all the problems with immigration to the same degree they they might agree but the problem isn't that the immigration needs system needs to be fixed is that we have people who one are already here to need asylum like how how do we live within the system that this is the system we have so let's make that work Mm -hmm. um i don't know so it's just it's it's hard to realize that people especially my generation have very little knowledge about stuff like that unless you seek it out so they're taught to just think liberals just want to give all the wealth away and our land away and and it's easy for them to become angry and frustrated with the things that, because they don't understand it. It's not. Yeah. 
I mean, education is really the only way to combat. Right. And so if if you want to combat it, you have to kind of view yourself as someone who is providing information and you may not change their mind, but at least you have it available. If you make, if you get mad and frustrated, then it just it's it proves gonna, their point. Yeah. It proves their point about you being a crazy person. And I've been trying so, so, so hard lately to be better about that. I mean, after that last one of the, what, what one of our last episodes when we talked about how I just get angry and just get mm-hmm. in these fights online, like I've been trying to be so much better about it. I'm trying not to be that person anymore because it was really starting to affect me right. outside well, of even, the internet life. I even just had an incident where a person was like flipping out and I just, my instinct was to like argue with them and I was just as nice as I could be. And like my last thing was like, I think we almost have the same opinion and I'm sorry this upsets you so much. Like, and then they were like, oh, ha, 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 I'm not upset. And it was just like, okay. It felt like you were totally, totally yeah. picking a fight with me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's good to ask the questions. Well, why do you feel that way? What are you saying? Here's my perspective. Here's what I think the issue is. Like, those kinds of things are great. Yeah. That being said, if someone does pop off and insult me, <laughs> then it's then it's on. Someone tells me to get a hysterectomy. <laughs> yeah, we should Because I shouldn't story. have ki- kids. Oh, I mean, it's one of my favorite. I mean, you swooping in to have my back before I even noticed the comment. I mean, that just made my day. And then you calling me to tell me. Yeah, I mean, some that's... lady, Kate made a comment on a feminist well, let's, Facebook. I feel like we should back up. I follow okay. a feminist Patreon, Patreon Facebook, obviously. And um, somebody, there, there was a post on there about... It doesn't matter. I don't even remember, remember what it was about. Be, yeah. um, but someone commented, you know disagreeing with the post and I responded with um basically I said I said that's interesting I see things this way I'm curious why you see thing why you see the basically the post was comparing two things so I said I I see them as the same I'm curious why you see them as different which again as as angry as I've been in the past I I, so good (laughs) I was so nice I and I was just asking her a question and she Literally said, if you don't see the difference, you should get a hysterectomy. And at that point, uh, all bets are off. I'm sorry. I'm coming for blood. <laughs> uh, my nice persona is gone. Um, but before I had the chance to see it, <laughs> I you saw, saw it. it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> my <Yeah>. future grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about Tiger Mom or whatever. That was like... <laughs> And then I'm sure the lady saw that was like two Markels just like yeah yeah because mom commented and then she called me was like did you see this I was like no I didn't I'll have to look at it right now so while I was on the phone with her I I loaded it up and yeah it was just pretty funny yeah and it was it was a feel good moment my mom had my back (laughs) I was super mad though that was like I was like this is your response when someone asks you a question about your opinion like. I think you're, I don't even think you belong on this feminist page. You really don't. Yeah. Go away. I feel like so many people follow that page. The page has become pretty popular. So yeah, yeah, people follow the page just to be ridiculous. But the admins are usually pretty good about blocking them. Yeah. But it's just pretty funny. Hard. (sighs) Exhausting. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, yeah, we went a whole different direction than we thought we were going to. Totally. but But this was fun. Happy season two. We're still working to get season two going. This is for we'll Sierra. <laughs> this is to hold you over while we figure the rest out. Um, I do feel like we need to add a little bit at the end here, though. Um, please make sure you're registered to vote uh, for in California, at least. I know every state's a little different, but 
Um, you have to be registered by October 22nd, I believe, in order to vote in the midterms. And a lot of people don't vote in midterms, but this is definitely going to be one of the most important midterm elections of our lives. Um, and I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, be registered to vote and make sure your voice is heard. Especially if you're a liberal, but either way. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. Um, please, though, register to vote. Um, do your civic duty. And uh, and Max just said hi. And Max agrees that voting is one of the most important things you can do for your country. So please register to vote and vote in this midterm election. All right. That's it. Boom. That's all I got. Boom. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. Edit this out. I definitely will edit that out.